What is up, you crazy fools? Welcome back to the YBO Podcast as we continue our ongoing series all about working in the outdoor industry. This week, we are joined by the one and only Mr. Kendall McGuire. Both Kendall and Keaton spend time down in South Texas working at the Lonesome Coyote Ranch for their internships. So this week, Kendall is going to share a little bit about his experience of getting to work there. He is also a licensed real estate agent here in Kansas and focuses heavily on land sales. So he'll give us some insight into that corner of the outdoor industry. We hope you all enjoy. You comfortable? Getting ready, getting set. Let's all go. Right. Here, let's let's pull our thoughts together. Take a deep breath. Ready? One, two, three. Home. Yep. Yes. Gone. Good injury came in. Let's go. Nice. I'm, I, I feel like a new man, really. <laughs> All right, let's get down to business, Austin. Let's get to it. All right. Well, Mr. Kendall, today Mr. we got Mr. Kendall McGuire. Hello, for, What was up? I'm saying hello to everybody. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Um, yes, nice having you back on, on the podcast. This week, we are uh, continuing our whole series on um outdoor uh careers and outdoor the outdoor industry as a whole and you've had some experience with that so that is correct yeah so we figured we'd talk with you um i guess before we get into the jobs you've done or the experience you've had let's maybe kind of start uh with your education so like kind of describe the degree you um, went to school for and uh, the value of that degree and what people can take that degree and go do with it kind of thing. So, Okay. So uh, I graduated from Kansas State University with a degree in wildlife and outdoor enterprise management with, uh, let's add this into minors in business and biology. So to focus on the major of wildlife and outdoor enterprise management, um, that major consists of everything from uh, soils to range management to uh, wetland uh, management to uh, upland game bird management. Uh, it's, It's really a wide range of different topics regarding Mm -hmm. outdoor industry and so i guess uh to answer your question um what that entails um with that major i mean you can you can get you can get a job that deals with land management i mean uh in my major uh some of the labs that we've done um we learned how to uh, create food plots uh we we learned how to um different types of like, uh, land management, uh, skills such as like feathering, um, half cutting, um, different types of stuff like that. And so, uh, you can be, you can be a game warden to somebody who is a land manager for a company. So there, there's a wide range mm-hmm. of different jobs that that entails. Yeah. And, uh, what uh, I couldn't remember if you had said it, maybe Keaton said it, or what uh, aren't some of the jobs related? Because you said 
outdoor, there was like the enterprise side or the tourism side, right? Like, can't you do stuff that is related to um, tourism straight up, like guiding and running? Res- exactly. Yeah. All you that can, stuff you too, could, right? You could run a, an outfitting business. So you can be like a guide. Um, with with the Wildlife and Outdoor Enterprise Management, uh, you, you get the minor in business. So you actually learn how to do the business side of being an outfitter. And so you know about lodging because in that uh, you're taking hospitality classes. So lodge, like uh, you learn about lodging, you learn about hospitality, um, what all that entails. And to put it into a small scheme of things, you can, you're able to run an outfitter um, after taking this degree because you've learned all the nicks and crannies of what it entails. Gotcha. Cool. And um, so I guess, you know, with the degree that kind of somewhat can piggyback to one of your big experience points that you've had so far was your internship for um, school. So do you want to just jump right on in that? Yeah. So uh, with this degree at K-State, you have to have an internship, a minimum of, I believe, three months. And so I've got to uh, got to look in to figure out what I want my internship to be in and ended up finding uh, finding one in South Texas. And so it was for a company called Lonesome Coyote uh, Ranch mm-hmm. uh, down in South Texas. And it was a high fence ranch um, that sold uh, white-tailed deer hunts. They also did some upland game bird hunts. And um, when I was there, they haven't done exotic hunts, but they were in the process of um, increasing the population with their exotics. So they did, they never had any exotic hunts, but I believe now they do. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess I can jump into it real quick, uh, what my internship uh, involved and what I did. Um so, like I said, it was a high fence whitetail ranch. So, we actually uh, raised whitetail deer. And so, during the summer, the does would um, give birth, which would create fawns, small deer. <laughs> and we would actually take those deer out of those pens and uh, give them their vaccinations that they need, uh, tattoo them so we can identify them in case their tag falls off. So with tattooing, we tag their ears. Um, and yeah, we gave them vaccinations and all that and put them back in the pen with their mom. So that was pretty, that was pretty fun. Um, we also, or I, I also did, uh, some land management stuff, um, mm-hmm. such as, um, removing trees from fence rows, um, uh, trimming back trees, uh, we sprayed uh, mesquite trees with herbicide. Um, for you guys that don't know, mesquite trees is uh, it's a it's a thorny tree, I guess bush. I don't yeah. know. I don't, it's not they're, fun. They're they're, they're, they're very small trees. Yes, is yeah. what I've yeah. They don't they don't Perfect. get big at all. But dude, yeah, they suck. Everything. Yeah, everything in Texas is there to hurt you. I mean, everything, all the plants have thorns on them. So <laughs> cutting trees down, getting poked, it's not very fun. Oh, man. 
Um, anyways, they also, so like I said, they also did some um, up on game bird hunts. So with them, they raised their own Bob White quail. So I'd go in there because um, during the summer, that's when they start hatching and start laying eggs. So they have a pen and I'd go in there, um, take the, the laid eggs um, from that pen and we'd take them to our uh, incubator house, I guess you'd say, put them in the incubators. After the incubator, you put them in the uh, brooder, they'd hatch, and then uh, you put them in, I can't think of the other name, what it's called, but we, we raise quail. Mm-hmm. So we raise them from when they're an egg to when they're uh, a full-grown quail. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we also we'd we'd run snare snare lines, and so uh, along the fence row, uh, we'd set snares. Um, that's for predator management, um, such as catching coyotes and bobcats. Mm-hmm. Uh, every now and then, we'd catch hogs too, because hogs are rampant down in Texas. Yeah, uh, they create a lot of damage, and so uh, the more we get out, the better the land's going to be. Which mm-hmm. It's hard. It's a it's a hard thing to do down in Texas because there's so many. Oh yeah, reduce like crazy. I, I think the one advantage of South Texas, where that ranch is, is that the ground's so much harder. So compared to some parts of the state, they can't root as bad. You know, That's I've, I've they noticed do have some wallows down yeah. South South Texas, but like you said, it's probably a lot worse up north. Oh yeah, like I've been like Liz's ranch, my girlfriend for people listening. Um, I think they have a few areas that are pretty gnarly, but for the most part, uh, sometimes you can't tell. Like the ground seems untouched besides a few track marks every now and then. Yeah. Um, but then when I went up to like East Texas and did the hunting up there, dude, it didn't take me long to go, whoa, this is different up here because the ground's so much softer. So you can yeah. see how the pigs are able to just rip through it like it was nothing. So, I mean, That's you're taking the caliche and the clay type ground versus just soft soil so yeah yeah but uh other than that i guess i have a journal here with me um because during the internship i actually had to write down uh what i did every day which looking back to it now pretty neat just to see go back to my memories of what Mm -hmm. i did with this ranch so i'll just give you an example of one day what we did um Let's see, May 30th. Let's just go there. Uh, we did a lot of tree trimming. Okay. So, I mean, I'd say 60% of the time we were cutting down trees. Oof. This is in 90, 100 degree weather, which yeah. sucked, but I got used to it. So, uh, for example, this day, um, that morning we began trimming up trees. Um, on one of the branches and then after that went to the quail barn to uh grind up their feed and so i'd be in charge of uh feeding each uh i guess brooder um put the feed in it so that the quail can eat um and then let's see so on that day it's i wrote what i wrote was um we're be okay. We're be, we're grinding the feed to be prepared 
uh, for the next couple of weeks because we had 2000 eggs ready to be hatched. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at, we're trying to, we had to get enough feed ready for all these 2000 hatchlings. Yeah. Um, 2000 little birdies is a lot of mouths to feed. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, at the end of the day, I had to go uh, to the deer pins uh, to fix the water troughs because they're, because they're leaking. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just an example of one of the days that I had, what I had to do for one of those days down there. Yeah. And so typically with a job like that, um, what are the hours kind of run? So we start, we try to start um, early as possible before mm-hmm. too hot. I mean, we were there at sunrise. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually, so we stayed, so there, I guess at this place there's, um, let's see, there are, I believe there's three ranches. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the 624 ranch, uh, Lonesome Coyote Ranch, and then, oh, four ranches. The Chimney Ranch and then the Dos Rios Ranch. And so we all meet at um, Dos Rios Ranch uh, in the morning. That's our headquarters. I guess mm-hmm. we, could, we meet up there, and then that's where the assistant ranch manager and the uh, ranch foreman would be. And we'd uh, go over what we need to do for that day. And so we'd, we'd get there right at sunrise and go over what we needed to get done for that day. And then typically we'd be, we'd probably finish up around three o'clock in the mm-hmm. afternoon. Some days it'd be five, depending on uh, what we had to get done um, for that day. But typically we'd be done by three. Okay. So sunrise to three um, for the most part. And then um, I know I got to go hang out with you guys a few times and then it would be about sunset or right after sunset that like you guys would have to go to the deer pens to check for fawns. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we'd know, so the ranch foreman, um, one of his key jobs or one of the stuff he had to do for his job was, uh, before he met up at the headquarters, he'd go in the deer pens, drive around, see if there's any new, new fawns. Mm-hmm. So if there were, uh, the interns like me would have to go, go in, uh, at sunset, to the deer pin, deer pins to um, grab that fawn um, that was born that day and give us its vac- vaccinations, tattoo, and tags. Um, one of the main reasons why we did that um, at night is because they're less stressed. They don't, they can't really see see us very well, and so during the day, um, th- they'd be more stressed. They'd be uh, trying to run and if they run they'd run on the fence and, and potentially get hurt and so that's why uh, we'd go at night yeah and I, I one thing that I can definitely attest to is those little fawns man when you had to vaccinate them and tag them and all that crap oh the worst cry I've ever heard in my life yeah some <laughs> some some would stay calm some would ball their eyes out but oh man well the one there was like the one time I was there and you're like you want to you want to hold it while we do all that stuff i was like shush yeah dude i want to hold a baby deer and i'm holding it and then you guys start poking it with vaccines and you're like giving its damn tags and everything and it's just going "Eh." (laughs) and i was like guys hurry this is so sad yeah it's definitely something you gotta get used to but yeah well i remember you guys were all like they were happy because we gave them back to her mom so yeah 
Well, I remember you guys when I was like, oh my God, this is so sad. You guys were like, oh, I've heard it like a thousand times at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, didn't, uh, I wouldn't say this was probably one of your job duties, but you kind of got <clears throat> free reign and to some extent encouraged, I would think, but you were mentioning trapping of like coyotes and bobcats, but weren't you to a degree kind of like encouraged to go hunt hogs as much as you can kind of thing or set those kind of traps? We could, we could hunt hogs any time of day. I mean, if we saw a hog during work, I mean, mm-hmm. we can shoot it. I mean, they just, they just run so rampant that, so back up a little bit. They, they sell hunts for hogs. I mean, they're making money off hogs, but there's so many down there that, mm-hmm. By me uh, shooting a few each week, it ain't. It's not going to cause a big deal at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like after we get off work, we most some sometimes we'd go up uh, in a stand and sit there the afternoon and try to see if we can get some hogs that that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean it was a that was well worth the work. I mean <laughs> it was a paid vacation how i how i take it yeah what what do you think your biggest um hog was while you were out there that you got biggest hog uh was actually trapped and um i actually was able to shoot it but uh that sucker was probably if i was putting in pounds it'd probably be it'd be pushing 200 pounds yeah that's not bad I mean, that's a fairly that's a fairly decent hog yeah it's, it's decent for sure i mean there's bigger ones out there but i mean that we we ended up eating it we made uh some sausage out of it and it was phenomenal Probably, was that the, that was the one i got to try right like that was when you that's guys right that's the first one we actually got uh during that internship that we the first that that was the first pig that we ended up processing mm-hmm. um, during the internship so that was what you had yeah, which dude, they had an epic like um little processing, I guess, unit uh yeah. on those. And so, I mean that one inspired me. Like if I ever have a ranch, I would love to make my own little shop processing shop or whatever. They had everything you need. I mean, that's where we call the headquarters. And so mm-hmm. they had that processing room, they had uh walk-in coolers, mm-hmm. um everything you need. Yeah. And then they had the the friggin' epic um, lodge for people who actually came out there. Yeah, the lodge included uh, probably eight different rooms. Uh, we had taxidermy everywhere. Uh, you had an in-ground pool outside. Um, you had a game room. I mean, mm-hmm. we we could go we could go there anytime we want, which was awesome. I mean, we probably swam in that pool probably once a week, mm-hmm. and then. In Texas, you have a lot of scorpions, and so scorpions are attracted to water. Mm-hmm. And so, at the bottom of the pool, you're going to be finding a lot of scorpions. Mm-hmm. That's the only counter about that. But hey, we weren't walking on the bottom of the pool, so we're okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing I think about this that you unfortunately with your internship it was a summer one so you weren't there during the actual hunting season which that would be probably 10 times better because yeah. i could be a potential guide and yeah that's, well, that's why i like uh i guess about hunting mm-hmm. the, the side of hunting is because you get to uh 
create those memories with your clients and, and see their smile on their face when they successfully harvest a animal. Mm-hmm. But I, that, that would have been awesome if I was there during hunting season, but um, that would have been the freaking cherry on top right there. Yeah. But I mean, I, I like that to some degree, I kind of like that you were there during summer because with recording this little series, I'm essentially getting to talk with somebody who got to be on the ground for a big ass hunting outfitter, but they yeah. weren't doing the guiding part. They were having to do the, the down like and dirty chores. The what's up? It's like the background of what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see the, the, you can see what, what, what's all involved in creating these massive deer and, and these successful hunts. I mean, we have to, we have to make sure all the protein, the, the feeders are filled with protein. I mean, that's one of the reasons why the deer are so massive, um, because they're eating a ton of protein and, and, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. It, well, yeah. I mean, um, for example, like when I was talking to, to Jimmy recently, he was basically getting to give, us the oh this is what being a hunting guide takes not the land management or the the work that goes into ensuring that the season is successful but he was able to give us like that aspect and i've even i even mentioned to him like hopefully we'll be able to bring him back on um maybe maybe leading into next season hopefully that'd be pretty cool to get him on here so that he can maybe say, yeah, this is some of the stuff we did in the off season and this yeah. is what we're doing to gear up for it. So that'd be that'd a be cool, interesting. yeah, yeah. That'd be a cool add on, uh, that I'm hoping we'll be able to do here in the near future. But yeah, man, it's like for a lot of people who think, oh dude, that'd be so epic to run or own or work on a hunting outfitter. It's, it's grueling work. Sure. There's a lot of work that goes into it that a lot of people don't really understand. Yeah. So no, that that's cool though, man. Like uh, for, I know some people would probably go and do that job and they'd be like, bro, this sucks. It's so hard. It's hot. Oh, I can't do it. But yeah, I know for somebody like you, that just goes right up into your niche. So yeah, I, I like how you put it. It was a paid vacation. I, I was never working, man. I was having fun. <laughs> Yeah. Well, except maybe getting poked by them mesquite trees. <laughs> yeah, I had a, yeah, that's true. I had a couple lodged in me that I had to push, mm. push out, but hey, oh, God. that's part of the job and I was happy for it. So Yeah. No, dude. Um, Speaking of like the getting poked by those, I remember the one thing, Um, and this was not the mesquite trees, but it just made me think of it. But like uh, the couple of times I went there, there was one time specifically I was looking at some of the deer we were looking at and I was like, dude, there's so many like needles or thorns in them. Or sometimes we'd drive by them and they'd sprint off and run right through a freaking cactus bush. And I'm like, Oh my God, how do they do that? And you're like, dude, every one of them's covered out here. I'm like, Oh, they are very tough. They're very tough animals. I mean, you've heard stories of deer getting shot, um, and still living, find them next, next year. And they're still wandering around. Yeah, dude. They are tough animals. Yeah. Uh, well, I think one of the um, this made me think uh, think of that. I mean, I guess it's kind of ironic because it's not so much living, but one of the uh, mounts that you guys had up in that the lodge out there of yeah. the two deer that were fighting. Yeah. And wasn't it like either both of them or one of them had like an antler like lodged in their head or something? 
I don't. I thought I'm, there was one that I looked at, and it was like the antler was actually lodged in the head or something like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, dude, that was a terrible way to go. But uh, a backstory, like the backstory for that mount, um, those two deer were actually locked up and ended up dying, and then the owner of the ranch ended up getting those those two mounted exactly uh, locked up. Oh, okay. Okay. So is that, there's something I saw one time of like a deer that had like a different deer's antler, like lodged up in its face or something. And I'm just like, it, it very could be, I mean, they're, they're mean animals. Uh, I mean, once rut starts, they have mm-hmm. one thing in their mind and they don't want, they want to make sure nothing gets to that. And so yeah. if that means attacking another deer, that's what, that's what it means. So, yeah, that, that's a good way of putting it. But, um, all right, well, to um, going from kind of, I guess, the land management side to, I want to shift gears a little bit, um, but you're also a licensed real estate agent. That's correct. And do you want to kind of describe how you got into that and like the company you were with and then kind of venture into, you know, the outdoor side of what you got to do, I guess? So, uh, I've, I've always wanted to work in the outdoor industry. I mean, I work at a high fence ranch. Uh, I, I want to see what else I can do. And so, um, Mossy Oak, uh, a lot of people know that brand. Well, they have a, uh, real estate side, Mossy Oak properties and I went on their website and I was like, this could be interesting. And so I kind of sent in my information and an office here in my in my town I'm living in Manhattan, Kansas, uh, they gave me a call cause they had an office here and, uh, ended up joining them and, uh, they mainly focused on land sales. And so that's something I kind of was interested in because it dealt with the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I pursued that and, um, was able to list a few properties um, for example, a 10 acre, uh, is vacant land is what it was considered, but mm-hmm. it was 10 acres with half crop ground, half, uh, timber and, um, uh, ended up getting that sold. But, um, another one was, I don't know, 142 acres of crop ground. But, uh, with that, um, I guess with land sales, uh, in my opinion, I think that's probably the most fun I have with selling real estate because you have people interested in purchasing hunting ground. Mm-hmm. And so I get to tell that individual um, what I believe uh, has the pros and cons of that land. Like this is very suitable for whitetail deer, or this is very suitable for Bob white quail. Mm-hmm. Um, just depending on, how the property, I guess, what it entails and, uh, what it has on it. And, and so that, that's what I find most interesting about, I guess, the land side of selling real estate, because you're in contact with individuals who have the same passions of, as you as hunting and fishing. And, and it, it's, it's really rewarding in my opinion to, uh, sell somebody, a piece of land that they get to cherish and, and build a lot of memories off of with their kids or grandkids. And, um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that, yeah, that, that'd be pretty um, epic. Uh, but what would you say is one of the toughest things about that, um, that job? As a real estate agent or like a real estate agent in general? I mean, uh, yeah, let's do that. Like toughest as a real estate agent, but also toughest of trying to sell land. Okay. So you, no, nobody, everybody's going to have their own opinion on everything. So mm-hmm. uh, a property worth X amount of dollars is actually what it's worth X amount of dollars. Well, somebody's going to be like, oh no, that's worth $50,000 less. And trying to convince them that, no, this is actually what it's worth. That, that can be frustrating. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to change somebody's mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've got to really realize that. But um, with, I guess, the hunting side of, of land real estate, um, what's hard about that is um trying to find somebody who appreciates it as much as the seller does mm-hmm. um cuz some people will see a piece of ground that they haven't seen what it actually produces like the deer or or, or birds or whatnot mm-hmm. they think it's oh that's just a, a crappy land or whatever. that's a crappy piece of property well in reality that produces 180 inch deer or a ton of waterfowl on that little tiny pond that Mm -hmm. they don't really realize so that's probably one of the frustrating things but yeah and i mean i guess an example we've both been pretty witness to um won't say names or really be too specific but certain people that buy certain land that is some of the most pristine you've ever seen and want to get i'll kind of explain on that but not say any names. Yeah, let's. <laughs> a property that is amazing for white-tailed deer. Um, and I mean, just scenic is all hell too. Like, some individuals will just put dollar signs in your head and be like, oh, I can make money off that. I can make money off that. I can make money off that. Let's remove this. Let's remove that. Let's remove that. And in the end, it deplenishes the habitat for that animal that has sustained very well on mm-hmm. that property. so that's a downer i mean you you can't tell anybody what to do obviously which sucks but sometimes people need to listen what i guess some people need to listen to what i guess uh educated individuals have to say i like that so yeah that's 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 it yeah yeah no that that whole story in in it in and of itself there's a lot more i think both of us would love to say or wish we could change there's a lot of things that i'd love to change and do yeah but you can't change somebody's mind if they're hard-headed so yeah and i i think that's the biggest lesson of it is especially with their um, a career such as real estate that I'm sure you've had experience plenty of times is just dealing with people are stubborn, unfortunately. I mean, 
stubborn could be a good thing, but it can also be a real pain in the ass. So, but, um, well, to veer off a little bit. So with both of those experiences now under your belt, yeah. Are you wanting to pursue something like either of those in the future, or do you want to pursue something else that is still in the outdoor industry? Or do you just want to kind of completely veer off for a while or. So, um, I really have gotten to enjoy, um, the real estate, um, side of, of land sales mm-hmm. and, I'd like to pursue that here in the future. And on top of that, uh, with land sales, I would like to um, add a amenity. I'd like to add uh, another, another, I guess, amenity to that as land management. Mm-hmm. So let's say somebody wants to buy a property. Um, I would like to be able to write up a plan on how to improve it for the specific uh, wildlife that they desire, like to hunt or to see out there or whatnot. I like to uh, implement that in, in making that land better for um, their desires. So that's kind of, see, that's what I'm seeing in the future is land management as well as land sales. Um, but so, I'm, I, my ultimate, ultimate goal, once I have bucos and money, <laughs> uh, is have a lodge on a uh, multi-hundred acre piece of property that I guide hunts on and, mm. and share the memories with these clients and, and enjoy the outdoors with them. That, that'd be pretty sweet. Um, well, like your land management sales thing that quite literally sounds the best of both worlds of what you've experienced thus far, essentially like take the best of both of those spots or jobs and just mesh them together. I have experience in both of those. And I, I, I feel very confident in, in my abilities to perform uh, in such matter Mm -hmm. that if I can make the best for an individual who's looking for a piece of property that I can help them buy and then help them, manage and create what they ultimately ultimately desire yeah and and I, I love that i know i know there are a lot of real estate agents that are out there that are are good they want to go and they don't always care just about making their money um, or making a living but they want to go and ensure that they help people find a home or find the right thing for them but there are also plenty of people out there that they show up and they say all the right things just to get you to buy that one thing and then the second you buy it all right Good doing business. I'm gone. See, that's that's one thing I veer away. I mean, I I like to focus on truth and honesty, honestly, honesty, and so uh, making that individual um, happy and making the process of buying a property or selling a property the easiest thing for them. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. And then, so yeah, yeah. All right. Well, very cool. Um, well. I will say uh, my, I think my final question for you tonight is going to be for somebody who is interested in that similar career path that you've gone down of, or either one of them, like land management or the real estate side. Um, 
what would you say is some of your biggest pieces of advice or biggest things you've learned yourself that would have either made things easier for you to get where you are or maybe could have helped you get farther than where you are? So, you know, something uh, that helps the next group coming along. So if you have a passion for something, such as the outdoor industries, uh, and you want to do business with that, pursue it. Don't let anything hold you back. Mm -hmm. um, go after it because if you don't, uh, you're going to look back on that time and regret it. Life's too short to uh, pass something up that you truly desire and want to do. Um, get the experience. You, If you want to be a top dog in an outdoor industry, you need to get experience immediately. Um, personally, me, I wish I uh, jumped into that um, as soon as possible, mm -hmm. which I actually waited my junior year of college. And so if you really truly desire of, to work in the outdoor industry and have that passion, go for it. I mean, the only regret you're going to have is wishing you did something else. And then wishing you did something else, you finally understand to yourself that, hey, this isn't for me. Maybe, maybe X, Y, Z is what I need to do. Mm -hmm. And so taking that chance and taking that leap um, is the best thing you could ever do because you're not going to understand, uh, I guess, what you really want to do until you do that. Hmm. Very cool. And that makes any sense to you. So. Oh, it made perfect sense. I, I like it. Um, yeah, I, I've noticed for myself too, man, experience is it. Nowadays, everybody has a degree. Everybody, you know, knows this, knows that. But like, I, I know from my own personal experience, how many jobs I've applied to, where at times they will say, well, we'll take degree or equivalent uh, experience. Like yeah. to a certain extent, at a certain point, people are now getting to where they're like, your degree is becoming more of a piece of paper that doesn't hold as much weight. If you know what you're doing better than you have just that piece of paper, then we'll take you, you know? So and I think the biggest thing is experience and knowing the right people. Yeah. Uh, other than other than having a degree in whatever. Mm-hmm. Because with that experience and knowing the right people, that can get you a long way. Um, a degree, you you learn stuff through classes, but um, you don't have that hands-on experience that companies are looking for. Which I'm not I'm not talking down on degrees. I mean, you learn a lot, and I'm glad I did had had the degree that I'm in. Mm -hmm. I really am. I've learned a lot about it, but having that experience is another level yeah well right on man um is there anything else before we uh sign off on this one that you'd like to share tell people or um i guess if you have if you guys out there listening have any questions regarding the outdoor industry i'm here to help you um just shoot us a message on instagram facebook um whatever be happy to get to you and 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 uh help you through the way if uh if you're looking to get in the outdoor industry i'd be happy to help you through it so cool all right well kendall thank you for hopping on here and telling us a little bit about what you have gotten to do and 
hopefully uh, you are able to continue and eventually get to that point of getting to do your guided hunts. Because so far you're, I mean, you're a decent guide. You got me my first deer and a few other successful trips. So I'll already get you. Got you some dove. Yep. Dove, deer. um, Pig. Pig. Yeah, dude, you're, you're like, most of my checklist of what I've gotten to do is because of you. <laughs> and it's not hoping it's doing, it's going to happen. Oof. Turned no, out it's, it, man. it's going to happen. Stay tuned. Young bucks outdoors is going to be a big deal. We're going to run a guiding out outfitter and everything you guys desire. So let's get, at, let's get after it and let's have fun. Shoot. I'd be okay with that, but <laughs> all right, Kendall. Well, thanks for hopping on here. We'll talk to you on the next one. All right. All right. Catch you later, buddy. All right. See ya.